Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Welcome back to another episode of With Sonar. It's Tony, it's Luke, we're here. We got a fantastic lineup for you all today. I've got a lot of questions for you later, Tony, okay? But before we get to all that, all right. So a couple of things we're gonna cover in today's show. First off, contract rates, have they hit a floor or are they gonna go lower? We're gonna talk about that. We're also gonna talk about how truckload used truck prices are gonna fall a lot further in 2023. Unless you disagree with me, uh, Tony, We I haven't actually asked you, but you know I think they're gonna fall further. I got a lot of science behind this. And then uh, we're going to look at some uh, some U.S. imports and where where that may have an impact and play on peak season. I am putting in that quotes for a reason. But anyways, uh, before we get to all that, um, Tony, great to have you uh, here on the show again. Still no Tanner. He's left us. I don't yeah. think he likes us anymore. Yeah, I guess, I guess you smell that. Doesn't want to sit next to you anymore. I don't know why. I took a shower last month. We're here. We're going to have a good time. Hopefully, uh, uh, we're going to have a good time. And if nothing else, hopefully we can educate you and share a little bit of the knowledge that Sonar is bringing us to you with the world so that you can make uh, more educated, more informed decisions, right? So whether you're a shipper, whether you're a carrier, whether you're a broker, whether you're you know a hedge fund trading you know transportation, or you just happen to stumble on freightways and don't even know who we are, we're glad you're here. So the first thing that we're going to talk about today, Tony, is... We're gonna. We're actually gonna talk about contract rates. Contract rates very slow moving. Um, first off, let's uh, just in case there's some new viewers out there, let's define what a contract rate is in the trucking industry. Well, it's not a contract like you think a contract. I mean, it is what about as good. I mean, it's effectively they can be broken at any point. Uh, it's about as good as a person's word, right? If yeah, take it for what their word is. It's good as a handshake, right? It's not like a mortgage or something like that where you're in an agreement to pay throw this percentage back to the bank or this amount plus interest right and if you don't they take your house exactly shipper and a carrier enter an agreement to move freight at a specific rate when the freight market much like the stock market moves both sides are able to basically nix the agreement and play the market right it's it basically is a way that if you needed capacity or needed a truck to show up yeah. on your dock, you at least have a rate, an idea of what the rate's going to be, right? Uh, and it's a pre-negotiated agreement. Yes, but it's it can be broken at any time by either side. Right. And this isn't, we can go into a bigger discussion about, we talk about the trucking market. We're talking about for hire, not dedicated, because Correct. that is a completely different business model those contracts are binding whereas in the truckload for hire truckload market right. they're not so it is just because you see a truck moving down the road it kind of depends some are dedicated and some are in that for hire yeah. and and how they're operating is different very true cool so with that let's go ahead and throw up our contract quote unquote, or uh, paper rates as some folks call them here in the truckload industry let's go ahead and throw that chart up on the screen so 
If you've been following with Sonar, you've seen this chart before or a version of it. So this is year to date truckload contract rate per mile line haul in the U.S. Sitting right about 241 a mile right now. It's where we are. And um, Tony, first thing that jumps out to me, we've been here for the last two months. Yeah. I don't think that's a surprise. I mean, you kind of have to look at what the market has done during this time, right? It's been pretty stable yeah. overall. Uh, you see a little upward movement there at the end of June. You have to remember, end of quarter, uh, headed to the 4th of July, we saw spot rates react. But I think what's interesting is you really didn't see a movement in contract rates really until, say, third quarter last year. We really started hitting this freight recession during that quarter. So, I mean, we're setting ourselves up now in this quarter where typically contracts annually, they're annual. Yeah. A lot of them came online in the third quarter because shippers basically bid their freight out earlier last year because the market was changing. They wanted to take advantage of a changing market. Well, the market has continued to soften. So now they have more advantage to push contract rates down in this next negotiation, right? So as we roll off some of these contracts here in the few coming months, right? These couldn't end up lower. I mean, ultimately. Yeah. A lot, but, a lot of room to move lower, especially as we, we, we think about when, I mean, you already said this, right? So like this time last year, contract rates were almost at their all time high. They'd only started to come off of their high. Yeah. So they were down maybe like three or 4% this time last year off of their high. And now obviously still a lot lower. So those contracts are going to continue to get renegotiated. And I think we're going to see another leg down here in the back half of the year. Yes. And the way to think about this is it's very similar. Think of it as a commodity, right? Right. Or a truck. It doesn't matter if it's red, blue, orange, black. It's going to show up and move the freight. It doesn't matter what it is. Now. I feel like you don't see a lot of red trucks. Yeah. There's a few big companies that have red trucks. No. Coca-Cola wouldn't be one of them. Knight, Swift, Knight. Yeah, but all the Swift part, that's not red. Knight, US Express, red trucks. We yeah. could go, I could just list them. Where's your favorite color truck? I don't have one. Oh, okay. Anyways, continue. But what, do you think about it? They can play two sides of the market, right? Spot contract. Yeah. Typically spot market is an area of last resort. You don't want to, you, you'll find shippers won't play in the spot market because they want that guaranteed capacity that, their carriers have told yes. them that they're going to have. And saving a few cents, not necessarily worth it all the time, right? And we saw that. But, so you go back to 2018, last freight recession, but I mean, it was also more of a, I don't even want to say normal market, but it, because we had record number of bankruptcies in 19, but everybody compares that. It's like, this was normal. Well, the spread between contract and spot rates was about 42 cents contract above spot 42 cents right now they're about 70 cents yeah so if we're going to go back to normal that spread's going to narrow because contract or spot rates typically lead contract rates yeah spot rates have fallen so far they were at 42 cents they fell basic the spread was at 42 cents spot rates have fallen to a level where the spread is now 70 cents it doesn't seem likely spot rates are going to move higher, thus downward pressure on contract rates. There's not a lot of normal also in the trucking industry. No. Because when we talk about this, right, you're you're in these constant boom and bust cycles. The only time you enter normal is on the way down or on the way up. Yeah, sometime so in the you, middle. You catch, you catch it at the right time and that's your normal. Let's go ahead and throw up the forecast though, because 
we, we do want to talk about the forecast and where we're headed. And what the number one, the number one indicator on where contract rates go is tender rejections, but on pricing side would be spotter spot rates. So we, we look at spot rates. So that's here. Um, blue chart is, you know, last, last four or five months here is, uh, spot rates. These are all in spot rates sitting at 229. So all the spot rates are still cheaper than just line hole contract rates. So that's where you get that true spread is about 72 cents a mile. Um, now the yellow line here, that's your forecast for, uh, spot rates. Our forecast here is about, uh, about 92% accurate. Um, so a very good directional indicator, right? Yeah. It might, might get off by a couple cents a mile, but you know, almost always gets to that direction, right? So it's about 28 days out. We're looking. So you've got till mid August there. And it's basically saying we're going to be flat for the next 30 days. Yeah. I mean, if you look at it, I mean, look through May, it called the dip Plus a little. Minus two, three cents. This is a called the dip a little early and then an increase into June and then a dip in June and a forecast of higher yep. around the 4th of July. It pretty much did that. I mean, directionally, it pretty followed. Much, pretty much did that. It was off by a week or two, but otherwise it did it. Yeah. So, I mean, I look at this and if spot rates basically stay flat, it that spread isn't going to change if contract rates don't come right. down. So they have to come down. Yeah. This is that was this is exactly what I was alluding to, where it doesn't seem like spot rates are going to go up to narrow the spread. They found, I think they found their floor. They're like, we're not going to operate any lower, but there's nothing bringing them off the floor. Yes. The contract has to come down. Yeah, there has to be an incentive yes. uh, to try to tighten the market. And, yes. And you're going to have to have capacity leave the market, right? It's not a, oh, this is just going to happen overnight. It's, right. It's kind of this slow bleed, uh, mm -hmm. slow Absolutely. grip. And I mean, it's either that or you're going to have to have a demand side influx of freight. And it sure doesn't seem like that's going to happen anytime soon because... Let me ask you to put your crystal ball hat Oh, on. boy. Do you think spot rates will hit a, say, 2023 high by the end of the year? Like they, that, Do you think that Christmas, New Year surge gets it above where we started the year at? That doesn't feel likely because it feels yeah. like, because they were, what, 275 It was the yeah. high? So what is it, 40 cents from here? Yeah. So from basically you have from Thanksgiving to New Year's to, to move 40 cents, that doesn't seem likely. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. I mean, it's it, certainly possible, but it... And, and, and kind of the caveat is that you're, you're just surging for the holiday and then you just probably come right back down. Yeah. Like we've seen. So like, do you think we even hit that level of surge before you come down? No, I don't think so. Uh, I just don't think, I don't think the demand side is going to yeah. be there to do that. Uh, I'm very not bullish in the back half from a volume perspective, just because I think there's headwinds Persistent headwinds, and we've talked on the show a bunch about, yeah. like, what are the impacts of student loan repayments? I mean, we'll find out. It's coming, and it's coming quickly, and um, we should know by the end of September, early October. I would push it even further back. I would say until November, like, wait until November. Okay. Because, like, it's going to be a shock factor, but how do they react after the shock factor? Mm. I think that's the key, because you may see it, you may see people try to pull things forward, spending forward. And, and then drop off, you may see people 
oh, it wasn't as bad or and didn't hit our budgets as bad as what we thought and yeah. kind of level off. Or, I mean, you see it, people s- tighten up their wallets and spending on goods basically goes to, I don't want to say goes to zero, but I mean, they're definitely more the idea that they slow down. I think one of the ideas, and I had this conversation earlier this week, was what is a, does student loans act as a catalyst to stop people spending on services and move back to goods? That's the question. Like, that's a big unknown. Uh, does it impact the goods market at all? If it doesn't, freight market could be okay. Exactly. So it, it's kind of what aspect of the economy does it hit? And I mean, that's the hardest part to forecast because you just don't know because obviously we haven't had it for what, over three years now. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to think here too, because I, I, Tanner DeHart, right, who's not here today, but he was tweeting something the other day that said that the student loan repayment on average is, I forget the exact number, I think it was around $250 a month is what it averages out to for 40 million Americans. Right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's $9.8 billion a month. Right, $9.8 billion a month. So let's just say $250. Let's say you and I both lose $250 a month, right? So you you now have to spend $250 less a month. Where do you, where do you think you would cut that out if you had to guess today? You have to stop spending two hundred fifty dollars. That's hard. I mean, I, I think it depends like, I'm on the to person. Think too. Yeah, it's hard. It's. I mean, I could do it, and I'm no, gonna food, have to do it. Food, food. I feel like I'm, I'm gonna continue to spend. Yeah, no, food is one of those things. I might eat at home more than what I do now. Maybe because yeah. a lot of the time for me, just because of my own situation, it is cheaper to eat out a lot of times. Yeah. Than it is to cook at home. But how does that change? Does hey, here's two hundred. We're gonna take two hundred fifty bucks out of your wallet well yeah. i can go spend a hundred dollars at the grocery store and that's going to feed me for the entire week versus hey let me go spend 20 bucks a day sure it, it it'll it'll work itself out but it, i trying to figure it out is is definitely difficult where to stop spending because we've almost gotten used to having that money and now it's not there right. i think that's the we've almost changed the behavior and the psychology behind spending with and now it's just like restart i mean yeah you've got a little bit of time to plan for it but a little bit of time not a lot it's not a lot to and then it keeps going right it's not like it it's not like a one-time payment uh, like taxes right you pay your taxes like one time in the year well you take it out of a check but if you owe money you pay it the once this is basically a tax such tax because you decided to take the loan out but it is when that money's been in your pocket for right the last what th- over three years. I think the interesting one is going to be how's it impact gener say generations. It feels like generations, but how does it impact the people that have graduated in the past three years that have never had these impacts? Like yeah, for me, for me, I had payments. Then they stopped, and now they're just going to restart. And I knew that going in. But if you've never had the payment and you're living a lifestyle thinking yeah. that you had that money. Well, now it's gone. How's that changed? Because that is the cohort that spends the most money, yeah. right? So yeah, I think you know, that's going to, you've done this before. Yeah. A lot, a lot of people haven't done it before. And I, and a lot that are coming out of college, their payments are, are likely pretty big too. Yeah. I mean, especially right now. Well, the one luxury is interest rate hikes started after uh, all this stuff. So sure. it's the people that are still in college right now that are going to have to deal with it or entering college. Yeah. Uh, because ultimately interest rates, they're not supposed to change. They are set yeah. by the government, but at least on 
public loans, yeah, got absolutely. private loans. It's going to be interesting to see where it all unfolds. Yeah. Okay. So we've talked about this. So that's the demand side. Let's, let, one, one nice thing I love about demand is we don't have to guess that far what demand is going to do, right? So the ocean markets, you've heard me say this a thousand times. You're going to hear me say it a thousand more times, but the ocean markets are a fantastic future gauge for demand in the domestic truckload and even rail and intermodal markets. So let's go ahead and throw this up. These are ocean bookings. Look at the blue line. The blue line is year-to-date booking volumes for ocean. So these are bookings that have happened. They haven't yet shipped yet to the United States. They are shipping. So typically where that blue line ends, you'll see that freight start to show up in the U.S. 30, 45 days out. Yeah, it's on where it's coming from. About a six-week lead time if yeah. you're looking in the One natural hour. level. Yeah, national level, about a six-week lead time. Obviously, if you're shipping something from, you know, from Mexico to, you know, one of the Gulf U.S. ports, it's going to be much shorter than if you're shipping something from, say, India to, you know, Seattle or something. So, um, but about six weeks on average. That purple line there, I took out all the other years. Purple line is 2019 levels. We are basically doing what 2019 did. We got a little excited there heading into July, a little bit peak, but we've come right off of that. Yeah, and right I, off of it. I talked about this exact index, and I pulled up the seasonality earlier this morning, talking on the roundtable, that we basically, to follow track, almost identical with previous years. Yeah. And I think you show it here in 2018. I didn't go back to 2018, but I mean, even at the peak 2021, 2022, we've followed the same trend up in, up yeah. through May, June, peak out in July, and then declines. 2021, I mean, you saw it bounce around a lot more during the back half of the year, kind of level out, but you still saw a decline in July. I think that's going to be the indicator is that this doesn't feel, we're still below those levels. We're basically where we were at the beginning of the year. It doesn't, and that was on a ramp way up. And it just doesn't feel like there's anything to drive this. I think that's yeah. the, there's no catalyst to increase demand. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there, there is a certain minimal threshold of demand that we're going to have just yeah. because companies do have to reorder goods, right? So that's that blue line. But I mean, unless that, I mean, right now it's barely overextended. Now, I guess here's a question, Tony. In theory, put my, let me put my like super long-term economist hat on that I should not be wearing. Should... If the population continues to grow in the United States, in theory, shouldn't that index grow over time? Yeah, you should have natural growth in the economy. I mean, or in freight demand, right? It, and that's why when we talk about, it, I mean, not just this one, we talk about OTVI, right? Yeah. The truckload market, like comparing the two from 2019 and now, like you should see some level of growth. Like that yeah. would indicate that the goods economy has grown over the course yeah. of the years. And really, it hasn't been growth that you would expect to see. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of that is because we grew so fast during the pandemic. Now we're reverting back that I think we we go f so far to one extreme and now we're coming back to the other that like that growth looks more muted than it is. But I mean, ultimately, it's how many TVs, how many couches, how many, how, how much do you want to spend to redo your house that you've yeah. just done and things like that. So I think that's the key. And I think once, I think the other impact is higher interest rates yeah. right now, tighten up the housing market. Now we, we did have a CPI report today that came out. Don't, don't get me started on this one. I had a. Okay. So 3% year over year. Yeah. Now to be fair, that's comparing year over years. We were already elevated. That's so we're 3% up year over year. Um, 1% month over month. Now 
if you look at core inflation, which takes out energy and housing, I believe we were 4.8% year over year, 2.2% month over month. So what is, I guess, A, how should we feel about that? Um, it's not the way the headline on CNBC reads. Inflation rose 0.2, just 0.2%, less than expected as consumers get a break from price increases. So the break, prices still rose. Like that's the... That is misleading. It just didn't the number is, as fast. The number is coming down naturally because you're taking off 1% month over month increases and substituting for 0.2. It doesn't mean prices have come down. You're not getting relief. They're just not going up as fast. Yeah. Like, how is that a relief? Right? I mean, that's a little bit of a high horse, but it's... It, it, no, no, it stay on the high horse. This is what people want. It doesn't make sense. I, and I know that's how it's talked about, but it's not relief, right? Yeah. You go to the grocery store, you're still paying 16, 17% higher. I mean, I saw a step for eggs. So yeah, they good job. Down. They came down. Everything else, the worst. Yeah, but I bet they're still higher than what they were in 2021. They might be. I honestly do not remember. Yeah. I mean, because you get comfortable paying the prices, right? Yeah. That's the thing. Prices go up and you get comfortable paying it and they rarely go back down. Inflation out there too, I've noticed. Yes. A couple of things where like I've seen the prices come back down to my. Oh, yeah, that's the normal price that I paid. Also, I don't know how they do shrinkflation on cucumbers, but I swear that... So I buy English cucumbers, okay? I don't know why. I just prefer the way they taste. Anyways, they, they're not growing them as much. They're not giving them as much water. That's probably what it is. But... I, I caught you. Again, but that is my... To say that, yes, it's a relief because it didn't rise as fast is... Yeah. One thing. It's not getting kicked in the shin as hard. Yeah. It, just prices are low, still low lighter. Prices are still going up. Yeah. And I think that's still the part up. that's not is like misconstrued or like it's that feels misleading because it's like, oh, prices, you read the beginning and it's like, okay. I'll, I'll fix the C So CMC, I'm going to fix the headline here real quick. Okay. So let me, let me translate. Everybody's watching what Tony is saying. So if we were to have uh, the most transparent headline, it would read, Inflation rose 0.2%. You're being screwed a little less. Is that, kind of, is that I mean, what we're saying? Prices are climbing at a slower rate or something yeah. like that. I mean, the rate, I think the key is to know that the rate of inflation is slowing. Yeah. That's what it is. It's so, not that prices aren't coming. We would say a 0.2% month over month rate is somewhat. Do it by normal. 12 months, right? It's 2.4%. That's, that's about fine. Normal. If that's all that there was, but when you're now having 0.2% on top of where we were at 10%. Yeah, exactly. We were at 10 and so now we've continued we've, to go up from so the we accelerated four years into one year. Yeah, exactly. And now we just went back to the normal increases. Yeah. So yes, it's a relief, but it, it, it isn't. I mean, prices continue to go up and ultimately now the kicker is how do wages react? To this right yeah. if wages can't keep up to inflation that's a bigger issue because now not only do you have to spend more money you have less money to, the prices are going up faster than what your wage is yeah thus you spend less money i mean you're able to buy less i read a report don't quote me i think it was from bloomberg if i got it wrong i apologize but the the number was wages since 2002 have increased 28 percent. i believe was the number and I think it went to, until like 2021. So this is about a 20 year period. So it's from 2002 to about 2021. Wages increased 28%, I believe is the number. Um, and then housing increased about 148%. It's crazy, right? That's a, that's a big gap. 
Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at this, the chart here in this article and pre pandemic, early 2020, we were just above 2%. Yeah. We went down basically to zero in the pandemic. Then we surged to over eight to almost 10%, right? Now we're back down to three. But the problem is it's never entered zero, right? Those prices haven't come down from yeah, haven't come down. They haven't come down from where they were, right? Is housing considered a service or a good? It that's a tough one. It, it kind of depends. Because if you if you if you have a mortgage on a house, you buy the house, right? Like I think about it from a freight perspective, right? What's going to drive more demand in freight? It's the movement of physical goods. So when you build the house, okay, yes, there's a lot, there's some demand there. You got to bring the materials over, right? But then after that, right, all most of your money is going to the mortgage. Yep. That doesn't move anything. Occasional maintenance and stuff. So I guess how do you how do you distinguish that? Yeah, I mean, I think it. If when you think about it, I think it is a more of a service. I think the key there is we want people moving because when are you likely to buy bigger, more durable goods yeah. that require freight movements? Is when you're moving, right? You move to a bigger house. You buy you're buying new couch, new furniture, yeah. more things like that. Some updates on that. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's what we need in higher interest rates, especially right now coming off such a low interest rate environment to record high, yeah. or not record high, but decade high. Yeah. Mortgage rates? 20 year high, right? Didn't we just pass 20 year high? Something like that. Mortgage rates? 7.3%. It basically tightens the housing market yeah. and you're not going to have people moving, right. which is a slowdown for freight demand because yeah. ultimately people just went and renovated their houses during the pandemic. Yeah. Now they're not moving. So Locked in those low interest rates too. They bought all yeah. those homes. So we'll see where it goes. Well, uh, so let us know too. We didn't get to the um, to truckload prices. Uh, spoiler, they're going to come down more. We'll have an update on that. Follow me on Twitter for those updates. Also, we'll see you not next week, but the week after for another With Sonar episode. In the meantime, have a fantastic rest of your Wednesday.